Hello there and welcome to Wrongways Columbia Cast with me, Brendan Longway Corrigan. Joining me today is fellow bearded warrior. Those of you watching this episode on YouTube <laughs> will see that. And a man who knows Ireland perhaps as well as I do, journalist and writer <laughs> Giovanni Figueroa. Uh, we'll come to your Irish links later, Giovanni, but this year you published your third book, uh, La Casa de Agua, which I have here, which translates as House of Water, and I appreciate uh, you giving it to me, a novel that I'm slowly getting through. <laughs> reading a whole book in Spanish, it still requires a fair bit of effort my side. But it's described as a, as a coming of age, and I'll add rather humorous, story set in the 1960s in a Bojacat town. Bojacat, of course, is a Colombian department to the north of us here in Bogota. Now, considering you're a Bojacense man yourself, uh, Suga Moseño, uh, which in fairness mm -hmm. isn't quite a small town. I was there about this time last year, actually. But it is surrounded by many quaint villages that I can picture being the setting for the book. I'm guessing you wrote it with an eye to your homeland and stories you heard growing up. And, and I'll hasten to add, you're not a child of the 60s or more uh, from the 80s, but I take it stories from your parents or whatever. Is that, is that correct? That is correct. And well, uh, thank you, Brenda, for having me here in your program. It's a great honor. I mean, after you have uh, interviewed uh, a lot of uh, interesting and important characters uh, of the Colombian public life, uh, it's really an honor. I'm really, and I really appreciate it. And also that you are reading the book and making that effort because uh, I know it's not that easy. Well, look, uh, look, I'll show you, Jim. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on page 81 there. Sorry. If it, yeah, well, you can't see it there. <laughs> but I'm getting through. I'm getting through. <laughs> and it's very good. Very good. Good. Thank you so much. Well, yeah, as you, as you mentioned, uh, yeah, uh, the story is set in, in my hometown, which is Sogamoso. And as uh, you said, it's not that small uh, right now. But the story is, uh, let's say, set around the 60s. Because it's, the, it's, this, it's a story that I created based on uh, different stories from my, uh, from my dad, from my uncles, aunties, uh, living under these difficult situations, you know, with an absent father who was just a very strict, very, you know, like a old times and where they didn't know anything about human rights or children's rights or things like that. And then I collected all these stories I didn't, until when I decided to become a writer, one day I, I remembered all those stories and I said, well, maybe, maybe I'm going to come up with something like that, you know? And then little by little, the story kind of uh, took shape in my mind and just uh, wrote it. Okay. Now, the father figure in, in the book, um, no, it's not... Based on your own father, I take it. As you said, an absent father, he, he goes missing. Uh, <laughs> and uh, when he comes back now and again, he might be a little bit drunk from, from what I can gather reading it. But uh, it's, so I take it it's not based on your own dad. <laughs> no, but actually, actually, let's say like the, um, the young character, the narrator, that character is based on, on my dad's experiences as a kid. And of course, some, some things that he told me about his life, of course, uh, I, I take as a, or I took it, you know, to create uh, the other characters and also the main kind of absent character, which is an important figure in the book, which is the, the father, you know, uh, Jose Valdez. Uh, so it's based but vaguely on my grandpa, of course, and, and on the relationship they had, you know, when they were growing up. As kids in a really in a really 
poor and struggling environment. Yeah, and of course, just about the actual title, uh, La Casa de Agua, it's that the house, I, I take it, floods in, in the rainy season. That's, that's, that's what happens. And they go around in their little um, tub, uh, little tin tub, exploring the, the, the town. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And some people, some people, after they read the story, say, wow, this is like, a, we're getting back to the, the days of uh, Garcia Marquez and uh, uh, magic realism. But it's, it's not like that because actually it happens when you, you go to Barranquilla, for instance, uh, you can, you can see during the rainy season that the arroyos, like they call it like that, like creeks, mm -hmm. it, it happens it, like uh, all of a sudden, like because the, the, the sewerage is not really, really good. Sometimes the, the floods are just very, very difficult and you see just people just like swimming and the water goes like up till the windows uh, and, and it's very, very difficult. And it happens in so many places, uh, in, in not, not just in Colombia, but in, in places like that in, in Latin America. So it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. yeah so well, I, mean, I, I didn't... Yeah, go on, go on. Yeah, I did, my, my approach uh, never was like to, to be really like a follower of the magic realism. It's something, of course, that I read that is important to the literature uh, in this country. But uh, I tried just to, to create, a, uh, I wouldn't say modern, but maybe more like contemporary style. Yeah, well, I mean... For somebody, as I said, obviously Spanish is not my first language, but I find it a, an easy read. Uh, I have my dictionary. There are a few words uh, every now and again <laughs> that I don't get, but um, no, I think I get about 80 to 90% most of the time. And yeah, it's like it's, it's an easy read, but, but well put together. I mean, enjoy it. Just going back, you're talking about the floods. Uh, we're coming into November here, and even in Bogota, in parts of exactly. Bogota, yeah. there'll, be, there'll be floods. So yeah, that, that's, it's very real life and, and modern, even though it's set in the 60s, it could happen. Uh, these days as well um but i have to, to ask about the the water theme because you wrote another book uh Anse bajo la, la juvia which uh what translates as 11 in the rain so exactly uh, is there something to do with water that, that, that in, <laughs> in, your, in your life and in your writing yeah well and that's uh, that's uh, another book a previous book is just a, a short story collection and in which i took the title from uh, one of the stories uh, Eleven in the Rain, which is the the story of a of a soccer team, you know, a football team, okay. uh, and how they have to um, take part in a tournament in a really uh, distant town in the in the worst possible conditions, and then it's raining all the time. So it's just they're just struggling, and they also they're facing other situations apart from the the sports uh, situations, you know? And then I, I just liked the title and I said, okay, I'm going to go with this title uh, uh, to put it on the, on the whole book. Okay. And, mm -hmm. uh, so that's a collection of, of short stories, is it? Uh, uh, exactly. Yeah. Nine wow. short stories. Okay. Uh, you were talking though about your kind of contemporary style. I want to come back to that because, um, uh, like I've... Uh, read a few different books on Colombia, mostly political books or uh, history, but they focus obviously yeah. on La Violencia and the cocaine problem. And, and, and obviously there's a lot of material in that. Whereas this book, 
it just touches on everyday life, which is kind of different. And, and from the child's perspective, are, are there many books in Spanish about Colombia in that regard? Um, or is this something kind of new? Well, no, I think it's, it's like um, uh, some writers, um, we are trying just to go um, in the quest of uh, just simple stories. But because the themes are there, you know, the themes are, I mean, the themes like uh, make, make us as a, as a, as a country, uh, we know them and they're still there like underneath what we write, underneath the stories. And La Casa de Agua, for instance, is a story that deals a lot with violence, you know? So that's why I was, I was making these separations between two types of writers in Colombia because some, some really good writers, they really want to tackle the, the problem of the, of the drug dealing, you know, the cocaine, the mafias, the paramilitarism, and all those really important subjects um, in, a, in a really uh, direct way. In my case, like all the writers as well, we prefer maybe some more simple stories but the subjects are still there, you know, maybe in a distant way or they're just part of the, or it's just a reflection or something that happened before or is going to happen, something like that. And in this case, in La Casa de Agua, uh, the violence is there, you see, and, and actually one of, one of, uh, one of my, write, my, my readers, sorry, um, compare the situation with, uh, with the whole country, with the, the, the history of Colombia. They say like the absent father is like the state, something like that. And it's just leaving their popula its populations, you know, just drifting away in, in a very difficult situation in which they have to come up with, uh, with uh, the best of them to, to survive. And it's a little bit like that, you know, so violence is there. Uh, also the subject about uh, bully because uh, this is unfortunately a culture that that is just so um strong in in that uh, difficult matter also is is part of the part of the book you know you, you gotta be uh, very resilient with the conditions you're not like a an alpha uh male or female is gonna be very difficult for you to just uh, go forward so it's a little bit of that you know yeah, interesting. Uh, were they themes that you were conscious of writing it, or did you just write based on on the stories and anecdotes that you had and, and your own imagination? And then it just so happened that oh, the absent father stands yeah. in the Colombian state. Exactly. I, I suppose there are uh, some writers uh, that they have maybe a more uh, intellectual line, let's say, and they prefer to to tackle themes in a really uh, creative way, you know, like they have like the idea of uh, talking about, let's say, uh, sexism, and they create a story about that to just show that problem. In my case, it's just I go for the plot or the character, because for me, actually, the characters are the most important things in a, in, in a book and a story. So, and little by little, because everything is inside you, you know, it's just part of you, all those problems kind of come up and they just be they just become part of it okay and of course uh, like a link and we'll talk about ireland uh, in a little bit uh, but the catholic priest uh, features prominently as well in the book and <laughs> and, and may like uh, a few young girls in it too so it seems so you touch on those issues as well exactly exactly the uh, 
for instance, that story about the priest is something that, according to my, my uncles and my dad, it really happened. There was this guy who was very, like, open. Uh, and, of course, he was just a regular man. Just, he just happened to be a priest. But he was just a regular man who liked women. But, of course, he had to just pretend that he didn't like them or he was just, like, a, a very honorable, honorable person. But... He wasn't, and then uh, uh, also all those 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 things that are just underneath that situation is really kind of fascinating and sad at the same time, you know, like uh, because the this, the the whole story uh, is just uh, completely full of uh, sexism, you know, because it's just men, it's just a patriarchal uh, society in which women just they have a certain role in which they have just to behave and do what they're supposed to do. And then that's why the figure of uh, of, of the priest and the, and the and the church in front of their house it was very important for me for, for the story you know because it was like a a capital thing that they had to to follow and to behave according to yeah and and of course that's a, you know something that's very similar in Ireland where the Catholic Church was very crucial yeah to to everybody's lives practically. Uh, yeah, growing mm-hmm. up, especially more in, in rural areas, and, and you're well aware of that from your Irish links. I just want to exactly. ask though about about the book, writing from the perspective of a child. Uh, is that something that you find easy to do? Because obviously, I write, and I'm, uh, well, I'll say this again, but I, I'm I'm trying to kind of put together a book, perhaps, of of my experiences here in Columbia. But it will be more obviously um, biographical rather rather than writing in a, in a fictitious uh, fictitious way, but. Um, Writing it from the voice of a child, how, how does that, um, did you find that easy for you or, or what? It's, it's, it's challenging. It's challenging because it's like, for instance, uh, we go back to the Irish subject. You, you, you think about the, the portrait of an artist by Joyce. You see like uh, maybe, maybe it's so easy to get into the first chapters. I mean, like the way the first chapters were written, you know, like a really easy, like the way a, a child talks or behaves. But then the, the beauty of the book is that it evolves, you know, and, and then um, while, the, while the character is growing, the, the writing is getting more and more complex, you know, so it's a little bit of that. So, of course, I didn't want to be a, or I didn't want to create a character that it was very, very uh, difficult, you know, like uh, that it it was going to sound like an, an adult talking. So I had to, to create, you know, like a different, different uh, tiles, uh, type story of, uh, of writing. And then uh, finally I got this one that it was like, oh, okay, it sounds, it sounds more like a kid. And of course I, I read a lot of uh, Mark Twain and, and other great um, writers and books, you know, in, in which the, the kid is the, the main voice. Okay. So, but yeah, it's it's challenging. It's challenging because sometimes you you think like uh, this this kid shouldn't be talking like this or shouldn't analyze these kind of uh, situations in this way because it's not gonna be really believable, mm-hmm. you know. So what I used is like um, he had this 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 way of thinking of analyzing things, which is it was like by comparison, you know, making. Uh, comparisons all the time, you know, like, uh, oh, if this character is like this, it's supposed that it's going to behave in a certain way because of that context or, or whatever. It was just more 
more like that, you know. And uh, how long did the whole project? Because I'm, as I said, I'm, I'm kind of tinkering with the idea of writing. Or well, I have <laughs> more more than tinkering with the idea. But uh, as a project, uh, was this something you were working on for um, for for years, or how long? How long did it take to put it all together? Uh, actually, it took me uh, about a year because it's not a it's not a long book. Uh, but then after it came just the, the time to correct, to rewrite some chapters or to reorganize a little bit of things. But let's say overall, I would say like a year and a half, something like that. Okay. Because actually it was, it was part of my, my, my thesis in the creative uh, writing program at the National University. So with this novel, I, I got the, you know, the graduation. Ah, okay, okay. So, so the the, mm-hmm. the guts of it were already there. Then it was an idea of, of getting it ready for for book format. Okay, I'm not sure. Yeah. I know in, in the book, um, babies cry a lot, and I don't know if you can hear. <laughs> there's a baby crying here in this house. If people can hear, I'm not sure if they can. Oh no, I can't. I can't. Oh, okay, well, I can certainly hear it anyway. <laughs> I hope he's okay. Um, but I want to talk then about about Ireland, and you you mentioned Joyce, yeah. and I know you you studied um, literature, was it? At, at, I studied, uh, well, I, I studied um, communications. Oh, okay. And then, and then well, I, I always wanted to be um, like an artist or arts journalist, you know. But in this country, it's a little bit tricky, you know, because as you've seen, there are not so many media outlets, you know, about arts or, or other types of, uh, um, you know, entertainment. It's, it's, it's not like the U.S. or Europe, like there are plenty, plenty of spaces. So little by little, I, I, I felt like I needed to do something, something else. So I, that's why I, I uh, submitted to this program, you know, the creative writing, because I always wanted to, to, to create a book or to write, uh, to create stories. And, um, and then, um, um, yeah, it, it took this, I took this program and, and, and I met uh, our friend in common, Joe Broderick, and Indeed. everything yes. started to change. <laughs> yeah, so J- Joe, of course, he was on, um, well, the brother podcast of this that I did with Simana um, earlier this year. It was, yeah, in February, actually. A fascinating mm-hmm. character. Um, yeah, he is. Joycean, I think a Joycean scholar as well, and, and uh, Beckett, <laughs> and an actor, a thespian talent. Um, he's been in telenovelas. He's done it all here in the in Colombia. Exactly. Kind of the father figure for all us foreigners uh, of uh, uh, Australian-born of Irish uh, descent. So Joe Broderick was the was the catalyst then that, that sent you to Ireland. Is, is that correct? Kind of, yeah, yeah. I I, I would say that yes. Uh, it was a kind of a, a funny and you know, it's like like the stories. Uh, happened you know it just uh you have to be there and and i, I got the privilege of uh, being uh, his uh teaching assistant he was uh, at this program and he was invited to teach uh, on uh, beckett you know so it was a whole seminar on beckett for just like four months and it was great for for the students and i was there and i was it was it was fabulous and then so i was the guy who was uh getting the books for him, the DVDs, getting the copies, organizing the, the, the rooms and, and getting in contact with the students and so on. And then little by little, he started introducing me to the Irish culture because I thought when, when, when I met him, like, okay, this guy's from Australia, 
Mm -hmm. uh, so it's kind of interesting why this guy is uh, teaching Irish stuff, you know. And of course, when I when I when I met him, he was, he was just hundred percent or maybe more Irish. Yeah. And then and then he said to me, "Well, you first first you go to Karuja and get a get a Jameson if you haven't tried." And I was, of course, I haven't tried. And I and I and I got a bottle of Jameson and I tried. It was like very different because uh, till that point I had just tried the. Uh, uh, regular uh, Scottish whiskey, which is very different, is I, I suppose like the Irish whiskey is more like the bourbon, right? In the in the U.S. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a whiskey connoisseur, but it's it's softer. No, anyway. me neither. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, so we started talking about that. He told me he lived there, that his son was there, and and then after I finished the program, um, I, I got this job. And I was a little bit dissatisfied, a little bit. Uh, so I, I saved some money and I just decided to go there because mostly people go either to uh, the U.S., uh, the U.K. or Australia, you know, for when, when they want to um, try a different experience and, and, you know, get to know the world and improve their English skills or whatever. And then I just, uh, I just wanted to go to Ireland. And and I and it was very difficult because there's no Irish embassy here. And then I I, I met um, people well, at, at the were, time, of course. There is at the time, yeah, yeah. Now is yeah, that which yeah. is great, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then and then yeah, it was it was kind of complicated. So I had to wait for a long long time to get a visa because uh, we had to send the documents to Mexico. And and I and I remember I wrote to Joe. I don't know. I don't know if it's happening, but um, I just just want to go. And then it happened, I got the visa and I went and I, and I can say it was a life-changing experience. Uh, it, was, it was amazing for me. Uh, and so what did you do? That was 2011 to 2014, am I correct? The, uh, yeah. That is, that is correct, yeah. So what, what, was, like, what was the idea? Just to improve your English and, and, and enjoy the country or, or was there a that, plan? That was, that was the excuse because uh, in in order to get there you gotta you gotta have a, a like a course you know like a, you you have to buy something like a study mm -hmm. otherwise they won't just let you be or maybe they're gonna give you just a three months visa or something like that so I paid for this course and I got a one year visa as a half student half part time worker or something like that. And my, my idea was just to be there and just to know the, 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 the culture, the people, and, and that was all. And then, of course, I, st I started as a, as a student, English student, and I improved, of course. Uh, it was because the, the first time I went, when I got there, I just didn't understand anything, anything they were saying. Well, <laughs> the Irish English is something different as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So the, the, the accent was very difficult to, to understand for me at first. And then little by little, you know, and then I just, uh, first thing I got, uh, or I started to do was just uh, listening to RTE constantly, you know, RTE radio every time when I was working because I had to work on the street sometimes uh, and it helped. And then I got different jobs and it was great. It was just great. Yeah. Um, any, like, would you, would you go back though? It's now what, six years since, uh, since you left. Uh, you haven't been yeah. back, I take it. No, no exactly. I uh, actually, yeah, I really, I really want to go back. Uh, at least I want to say hi to some friends, you know, uh, Irish friends. And I mean, that that's the beauty of uh, Ireland nowadays. Is like you can meet people from 
all over the place, all over all over the world. And that was fascinating to me, you know, because in, I, I, I grew up in this small small town and and uh, unlike other countries for us, uh, as at least uh, for middle class people or working class people like myself, um, traveling abroad is just like it was like a fantasy, you know, even even sometimes just traveling across the country was kind of unheard. Just yeah. maybe rich people could go to Barranquilla or Santa Marta if you are from the from the mountains. Uh, so anyway, when I when I just got there and I started to meet people from Africa, Asia, you know, different countries of uh, of Europe, it was fascinating, you know, fascinating. So I really want to go back. Sometimes with my wife, we we talk about it and say like, a, um, you never know. We should try maybe someday or at least for holidays. Uh, yeah. And I wouldn't mind it if I have to go back uh, during winter as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with that. You could go now, although Ireland's uh, returning to, to a bit of a severe lockdown for the next few weeks. So it's not, not yeah, the time to yeah. go. Yeah, unfortunately. That's what I heard. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. But, but I guess, yeah, Dublin, because um, obviously you were, you were based in Dublin. It's yes. for a small city, relatively cosmopolitan. So my kind of next question to that is, did you have more international friends than Irish friends? Because I've, I've heard it said that the Irish can be a little bit like, okay, we'll go, oh, welcome, a Colombian in Ireland, great. But to be part of the group, it can be more difficult. Was that your experience or not? Or are you going to be diplomatic? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, that was my experience as well, yeah. Um, but uh, for instance, I have, have a great friend, a great guy, uh, Kenneth, the Irish guy, Okay. And we just still after, after, I mean, I left in 2000, I mean, December 2014, and we still chat constantly. You know, we talk about movies or soccer or things like that, or the things that are happening in the world. And it's, it's, it's a beautiful friendship. And of course, uh, it's not, it's not like uh, I have hundreds of uh, Irish friends because as, as you mentioned, it's not that easy. It, hap- it happens everywhere. It's, it's not, it's not easy. As well, I have friends here. From, from the US or from other parts of, uh, of the world. And as well, it's, sometimes it's a little bit difficult to connect to, yeah. to the locals, you know? And then there, the problem for some people was that they, they preferred to uh, hang out with just uh, people of their own culture, you know? Because it was so difficult for some people just to leave everything behind and be someone else. And I met a lot of Colombians or Brazilians that they were just living in bubbles, you know, like a Brazilian bubbles or Colombian bubbles. They were just talking in Spanish or Portuguese and watching uh, Colombian soap operas on YouTube and things like that. And of course, it's, their experience is going to be like kind of kind of weird, in my opinion. But uh, the first thing I did whenever I, I knew how to had to. I don't know, like uh, handle things in, in Dublin. I just decided to go on uh, on, on a place sharing an apartment with just Irish people. And I met these guys uh, from Cork. Uh, you're from Cork, right? No, I, I'm actually from Roscommon. No. <laughs> oh, Roscommon, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And these guys, uh, they welcomed me and we shared the house for like two years and they were just wonderful people. It was, it was great. And of course, sometimes you cannot get to the level of, uh, let's say, a friendship sometimes because of the language barrier or for other reasons, the, the age gap, there's so many reasons. But yeah, I think you just got to try, of course. 
and of, and I have friends from from Italy, from Africa, etc. Yeah, no, I certainly agree. Like you do have to make an effort because, as you mentioned, and, and yeah, exactly. Worse for um, English speakers here in in Bogota, for yeah. example, because exactly. there's a relatively big English speaking community, and you can. I know some people here, and and they don't really need to speak Spanish day to day because because their work is in English, and they can socialize exactly. in English. But uh, I've kind of have gone out of my way. Like I live way up the north of the city in Verbenal, where you don't see too many other foreigners. So most of my friends. Exactly. Yeah. So I, you do have to make that little bit of an effort. It is it is uh, true to do that. Uh, by the way, you mentioned soccer and things like that. Did you get into uh, Gaelic football or hurling at all, or did you, was that just above your head? <laughs> no, it, it was it was uh, it was fun to watch. Yeah, I, I went. I went to, for instance, to the Phoenix Park, and I watched uh, some games every now and then, because it was very different. It was just fascinating to me, like something like, like soccer with playing with uh, actually a real like nearly like American football, you know, playing with with the hands with the, the foot. It was it was very interesting, and yeah. hurling as well. It was a very different uh, story. Also, I I got to know rugby because I didn't have pretty much any idea about it, and um, it was great. Yeah, of course. Well, we are sports mad in Ireland for the size of the country. Like we regularly, exactly. well, before COVID times, and when we when you could go <laughs> to games, you'd have lots of people for the size of the country at, at games, uh, uh, like Crow Park with eighty two thousand people, and and that would be full uh, for quarterfinals and semifinals so yeah we do we do like our sport in ireland that's for sure yeah um no. well go on yeah no 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 for such a, a small country in terms of, of, of population uh, that you always have a, a a girl or a guy you know even in, in in cycling or boxing or some really important uh, people on, on football that's just, that's just great yeah, our, our football soccer team at the minute isn't doing uh, fantastic. But anyway, you know, we, we'll get through this. It's not the team of uh, 30 years ago, right? No, uh, 19, it, 19, no. no. certainly not. <laughs> certainly not. Just going to ask you, uh, Giovanni, before we wrap this up, uh, are you working yeah. on uh, another book project at the minute, writing project, or are you just focused on day-to-day chores? I know you've got a, a 14-month-old daughter as well to, to take yeah, care of. Yeah, well... <laughs> That that takes uh, most of my time, but I'm I'm really happy, really happy to do it to be with my my little one. Uh, but yeah, actually, I'm working on a new book. It's a, it's a novel. It's probably is going to be longer than La Casa de Agua. Uh, this is going to be focused on the on the army because, as as you may know, uh, it's mandatory in this country still, you know, to go and and be for a year. Uh, I don't know exactly now. I think it's for nearly two years, something like that. And then I had to had to be part of the military forces for uh, for a year, nineteen ninety nine. So it's, can I it's just say old... one thing, Giovanni? That's yeah, a, a sign of a of a true working class Colombian because I know a lot of, we we'll say, uh, middle to upper class Colombians who who always find a way out of doing military yeah, service. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, there's there's some ways even with money or or with uh, acquaintances, friends. Yeah, to just to get out of that situation, I had to go and 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 of course it's not the most pleasant place to be, <laughs> but but you learned, yeah, you learned something, and uh, yeah, it's part of it. it's part of the life. Um, so you were 
uh, you were 20, 99, so you were 19 when, when you... Exactly, yeah. I would say uh, I was most, most of the year I was 18 years old and, and yeah, okay. exactly. So Suze Bay is, is a novel based on, on, on my experiences. Uh, hopefully it's, it's going to be like, like La Casa de Agua. I like to, to come up with, a, I wouldn't say funny stories, but more like a, like a, maybe a little bit. A, Dark humor know, in a sense. He, or, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Something like that. Well, I like a lot like uh, Irish writers, you know, in that, in that sense, I like uh, Kevin Berry or Flynn O'Brien. They're really, really funny, you know, so something like that or, or this Czech writer, Buhumil Raval. So yeah. I like to, to create. It's not, it's not a purpose. It's not like, a, um, like a, one of the first goals uh, when, I, when I write a book to be really, really funny. But it's, if I try to come up with something at least like pleasant, that's, that's nice. Yeah, little touches uh, of, of humor here and there. I think yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. So, so it's not going to be a really heavy work, uh, but is it going to be based completely on your own experiences or, or more fiction uh, than? Or, no, or? yeah, no, a lot of, a lot of just like uh, what, what I know and what I've uh, been told about it and the experience that I had and also the experience other people that I know had when they, when they uh, were in the army. Right? Yeah, because it's yeah. kind of funny actually in a way because it's a, uh, it's like this, uh, a little bit like this uh, novel, which which is very different. It's a very dramatic novel by this Italian, Dino Busati. It's a novel, the, I don't know the name in English, but it's like a, waiting for the, the, the desert of the Tartars. Just waiting. It's just this army just waiting for an attack, an attack yeah. that never happens, you know? And it's a little bit like that because when you go there to the army, just you just learn how to be a soldier, and, and that's all. And you wait till till it's over. Uh, you 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 don't go to to a battle or to war unless it's a critical situation that that's never happened. Um, because you in this case you are uh, they call it like a bachelorette uh, soldier, mm -hmm. someone who finished um, their high school and then they just go to the to the military. Uh, what, were you just based in the academy then, or, or were you sent out in the field um, during your time? No, I was. Uh, uh, I had to be in this uh, battalion in Tunja for a year, and that okay. was all. I was doing. Uh, I was just doing guard there. I mean, just I knew how to to shoot a rifle and all those stuff, you know. But and just to be there and waking up at four in the morning, I take a really cold shower every day and. It was part of it. <laughs> okay, cold shower yeah. in Tunga. Uh, that, that doesn't exactly. sound, that sound like fun. <laughs> Bit different if you're having a cold shower in Barranquilla or something. That's okay. Yeah. We're not in exactly. Tunga, high up in the mountains. Sure, exactly. Um, so, wh what's the estimated time of arrival or publication for for that book? Well, it's a, it's a little bit complicated because now now uh, as, as you know, writers have to do a lot of uh, promotion as well. Uh, because uh, it's very difficult. It's very uh, competitive nowadays. So you have to do a little bit of everything. So I'm working on the Casa de Agua promotion, and then I have to finish this. Hopefully, I'll be finishing by uh, 2022. I mean, like, by the end of next year, hopefully, and then maybe 2022 to get a publisher. We'll see. It's okay. a long process. but. Will you be working with an? You're on about you know you have to do your own publicity and things. So I'll go again. There's the book. Uh, the <laughs> yeah. publisher of this is uh, Lobo Blanco, yeah. Um, so will you be working with the same guys? If they 
promised or, or, or is that difficult? Well, yeah, they, they, they want to work uh, or we want to work together. We, we want to keep working together, of course. But sometimes uh, they have a line, you know, like they, they really focus on poetry or like not really long narratives, you know, like not really long, long books. And this one seems to be kind of long, okay. extended because there's a, a lot of uh, stories. So we'll see. We'll see what's going what's okay. to happen. No, no, best to look with it. Um, and of course, you're doing day-to-day -day work as well. You do editing and, and proofreading. And, exactly. Yeah. And are you teaching as well at the moment, virtually? At the moment, no, because of the pandemic. Uh, it was very difficult, so we stopped for a while. I was uh, teaching Spanish for foreigners. Okay. Um, but yeah, a lot of them, because of the situation, because it was you know face-to-face, -face, and sometimes uh, some of them are not really comfortable um, with the technology. Not that they don't know how to use it, but the, like like the feeling, you know, like uh, when yeah. you're talking or when you're trying to explain something. So some some people have to say, oh, okay, let's just stop a little bit. And we continue later whenever okay. this gets better. But you're still there's still money coming in anyway, at least because I, for for artists and writers and yeah, yeah, journalists, it's, it's been no. a difficult time. Yeah, it's wow. super difficult, and yeah, we gotta be uh, resourceful and just yeah, stick with the plan. Yeah, yeah, and, and hope for the it. best, I guess. That, yeah, that's what we're all going almost day to day, week to week. So where can people pick up the latest? And so La Casa de Agua, if people are interested in, in purchasing it, where can they yeah, find man, it? Yeah, thank you. Well, they can, uh, they can find it in several uh, bookstores here in Bogota. You know, mm -hmm. uh, they, can, they can find it in Casa Tomada, which is a great uh, bookstore in Palermo. Um, in downtown as well, in, some, in La Candelaria, in some bookstores as well. Um, El Bukowski is, is a bookstore, uh, Will Borada, uh, San Liberario, um, some others. Also, they can just go on to my uh, website, geofigueroa.com, and you can order their book there through the one of these uh, bookstores as well. Or, yeah. Mm. Okay. So they can just, I'm sure if they do a search online, they'll, they'll quickly find anyway where they can get it. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, right. mm -hmm. yeah exactly. And, uh, I take it, you know, when, when we're talking with budding writers and people starting off on this, it's, uh, it's not going to be a, a financial success for you, is it? Or, or hopefully it is, but, but I take it that's probably a, a long way down the line. It's a long way, but I'm happy that already with the, with the sales, we've been able to, to cover the, the expenses, you know, with the marketing, ah. with the promotion and everything, uh, and also the... The publishers, they told me that they, it's, it's going kind of even. So it's not like, a, oh my God, it's just, we, we, it was a terrible financial project. No, I, it's even at the moment. So yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's been, it's been really, uh, and I've, I'm very grateful, you know, I'm very grateful with the, with the, with the response of the people, uh, okay. friends or uh, some students, uh, teachers, people who know me being really like a, very enthusiastic about the, the book. Uh, yeah. and, and it, the response has been just really outstanding. So no, well, I'm really and, happy. And as I said, Giovanni, and I mean this, like for somebody who, as I said, I read uh, newspaper articles, but I've, I've never really read too many books uh, in Spanish, uh, but it's relatively easy to read. Uh, so for somebody who, you know, is maybe intermediate and, and higher, uh, I think it's, it's a fun read and, and it gives a nice snapshot of, 
of Colombian life in in the sixties as well, rural uh, life mm-hmm. in Boyacá, which uh, yeah, which I find fascinating. There's a lot of things that I, I, I can relate to. Giovanni, an absolute pleasure. So thanks a million for joining us. Um, I'll let you get back. Uh, I hope um, your, your daughter is not going to wake up or anything now. No, um, <laughs> oh, thank. And then it's been a it's been a pleasure. Yeah, great uh, talking to you. Excellent. And I just do my own little bit of um, promotion as well. If people want to get in touch with me, they can via uh, the Twitter handle at WWay Corrigan. You can find me on Facebook at Ron Way Corrigan Blog. But uh, until the next time, guys, it's ciao ciao from me and uh, ciao ciao from Giovanni. Okay, thank you. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.